Next-gen PlayStation details? This time they're real. Hello and welcome to Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast. I'm your host, Brett, back and alongside me, your other host, Mr. Saw Bridges, bringing you guys lucky episode 108. Oh, yeah. You know, I still hold that. I have to think and be like, I think I know it. Does Saul know it? I realize what it is now. Anytime it's my week to make the thumbnails, it's an even number. There you go. Now you have your little mental note. But if yep. this is your first time listening to us, we are, like we said, Triangle Square to PlayStation Podcast. But we do talk about gaming industry as a whole and how it pertains to PlayStation and its competition. If you like what we're doing and want to watch us live every... Not live. If you want to watch us in video format every Monday, you can find us on Tuesday, uh, on YouTube every Monday at 10 a.m. PST and 12 p.m. CST. Uh, if you like what we're talking about, comment down in the description below your thoughts. We'd love to hear what you have to say about it. Uh, consider subscribing, hitting the little bell notification, and let you know when these go live, like we said, every Monday and then every other Friday uh, for Reader Mail as it stands, as long with some other stuff that's going to be non-gaming related coming pretty soon to the channel. Um, If you don't want to look at our faces at all and just want to listen to us, you can do so on podcast services, be it across iTunes, Google Play Music. doesn't matter if you have Apple, Android, computer. You can find us, Spotify, all those places. If it hosts podcasts and we're not on there, let us know. We'll get that fixed, but we should be on just about all of them. Uh, If you want to keep up with us and give us your thoughts on social media, if you only listen to us and there's no comment section available, then you can do so by going to our Twitter at TriangleSQRD. Our Facebook group, which is Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast. And uh, lastly, you can join our day-to-day moment-to-moment conversation in our Discord, which we have linked down in the description below. And if you'd like to support the show, like a lot, I think we had five new patrons this week. So uh, thank you all for Which that. was crazy. But um, So yeah, if you'd like to support the show in any way, shape, or form, you can do so by clicking through the patron link that's down below. It's uh, for anybody who doesn't want to have to go look, it's patreon.com slash nartech. Uh, so you can give us as little as a dollar if you'd like and get some stuff early and just support the show or go up to the 5 or $7 tier, depending on whether you're national or you know around the USA or international, um, to get cool custom cases of your choice every quarter. But with that said, I think the also, only thing I'll throw in there is... Hey, 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 you're forgetting that anytime reader mail goes up, it's I have on Patreon... When we were done. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It goes up. You get reader mail early. And I think, depending Soon on enough, this... enough, we'll do regular episodes early. I think. We're trying yeah, to figure out because it's not going to be much early, but we've been talking about it. So, again, if you have any thoughts on it and you didn't give a, us your a feedback little, last time... A little so. inside knowledge that you guys may not know is that we typically record on Saturdays. Now, I think we pretty much decided Sunday is the day to record. Yeah, which is okay. It gives us actually a little bit more of a... It allows Doing more. it the day before we go up gives us just a little bit more time to get in the news cycle. Uh, I saw it. Skip yeah, over. there was some massive skipping in the video, so I hope you guys don't see it. But yeah, it, it allows us to uh, to be for, more finely prepared with news and such. Sometimes news comes out on Saturday, and then, of course, we don't cover it because we record them on Saturday, and the news could come later. So uh, what basically that would mean is that once we're done with the video and it, it's all 100% uploaded everything that Brett can hit a button and submit it live, but we're still working on that. So you will have more information on, uh, on that for you guys for our traditional episodes. Yep. Uh, but anyway, I guess from there on, we will move in and open this episode the way that we demand. And that is Saul, how have you been? What's been doing? What's been playing? I had an ear infection this week, so I didn't really get to play a whole lot. Um, 
I think, let's see, I'm trying to think back to, did we record last Sunday or did we record on Saturday for our last episode? Do you remember? Sunday. Okay. So starting um, Monday, I got to, no, yeah, Monday, which was my off day for this week, I got to play Destiny 2 for a little bit. And then I didn't play a whole lot of it, but I did start again on Wednesday night. And I did get to play some of the new content that just came out for the uh, yeah. Revelry. Okay, that's called. what I was going to ask. Yeah. yeah, it's basically they brought back the haunted forest, but they made it all bright and springtimey. And then they took an exotic weapon that has never been released before, called the Arbalist, which is this really cool kinetic fusion rifle that has to do with shield disruption when you fire it. Um, they put that behind as the prize for the Revelry. Basically, what you want to do is you got to get something called three hundred. Re, um, Revelric Essence, I think is what it's called. Uh, or it's something Essence. And you basically get that by doing stuff throughout this week, like, or the next three weeks. It goes until May. I think I think it goes to the, what it, my birthday is May 4th, 5th would be Sunday, 6th, 7th. I think May 7th is when it goes to. Um, but I do know it's out for a while. So you have enough time to get the weapon, which is what I've been trying to do. I haven't really got to play with anybody, though. I got to play with Joe on Mon or Wednesday. But since then, like, I haven't played it until yesterday. And I played it uh, after we did some afternoon shopping yesterday. I played it for, like, probably four hours. And that's been about it. Was that after you broke your disc and reinstalled it digitally? Or was that earlier this week? No, that was yesterday. Okay, that's what I thought. I, thought, so, I mean, I didn't know if you just waited to share the pictures, but I figured you didn't. No, I, yeah. I liked how you tried being uh, essentially the it. same as clickbaity in the Discord. Yeah, so, <laughs> so for those that aren't in our Discord, I basically, my PS4 Pro has always had this issue for about the past six months now where if I put a disc in, it grinds. And it's just... And then it'll go through that. And sometimes it spits the disc out. It doesn't do anything, but it sounds like it's trying to. And then it loads up unsupported disc in the main menu. And it doesn't let me click on the game that's actually in there. So to take it out, put the disc back in, beat on the top of the PlayStation where uh, the disc typically is. And then that happens every now and then. And when I turn my PlayStation on, when it goes to read the disc that's in there, it does it every time. So hmm. yesterday, uh, it wouldn't read it at all. Um, I, I tried probably 10 times and I got sick of it by like the 10th time. Took the disc out. And set it on my computer desk, and then I just went to the PlayStation Store. Had to spend sixty dollars to buy Destiny Two because they won't bundle it by itself. So I had to buy everything that I already already owned. So I had to buy Destiny Two Forsaken Collection, and I already owned all the DLC. So I paid sixty dollars for the base game of Destiny Two, essentially. Destiny the Forsaken Collection was on sale for twenty bucks. Like I'm glad people got that because I sure did. Maybe it's physical. Did that happen? So. I don't know. Yeah, mine was guaranteed mm -hmm. yesterday sixty dollars, but. It, Either way, that sucks. But I think that you ran into something which I've always wondered as to why it matters. Now that we're into this generation of every game being put into the disc slot and actually going and being installed all the way down to where the only thing the disc actually does at that point moving forward is just acts as a DRM check. Yep. Why is it that, and I'm sure you can give it to me, I, I, I had to do the same thing whenever I downloaded Destiny 2 digitally when I hadn't put the disc in yet on my newest PlayStation. So when it was free for PS Plus, I just clicked on it. Uh, but whenever you went to go do it, you had to reinstall the game. Uh, even just you had to reinstall the digital version. It's two separate copies. I know. I, I don't but know why, why. Realistically, you already had the entire game on your console saved to your hard drive. I had to literally go and delete that. Why, why should the system not be able to go, okay, you bought the game digitally, even though he has the content on his 
on his system already. Maybe he got rid of the disc. Maybe the disc got broken or stolen or whatever. Why can't the system just tell that you already have the game on there and then just switch where it looks for the DRM check? And I'm sure this is just, you know, when we're talking about an episode that's going to be centered around PS5, one thing I'd like to see is with PS5 saying that they're still going to go forward with, you know, physical media, then and still have a presence with online as usual. I would like to see them be able to figure that out. The whole game comes off the disc anyway. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It should just be able to t- the system go, I'm looking for a DRM. I'm not finding it on the disc, but can I find the DRM uh, through his licenses? Why can't it just pull the license for Destiny 2, put it on your system, and then whenever it goes to DRM check, see, oh, he's got the license. It's just a digital version, and that's fine. But yeah, you're, I, I just find that odd. Had to download 80 gigs yesterday. Yeah, for something you already had installed. That yeah. just seems the, well, it wouldn't even No, it wouldn't even let me download it until I deleted it off. <laughs> so like, I had to go delete it off and then re-download it all, and it took about an hour and a half because... It did this thing like what everybody who's played Destiny has seen it. It's like an install game update screen where it like installs content and stuff. And I normally, when I'm downloading anything uh, that I'm about to play, I don't open up another game because it slows the game uh, the game download completely down. Sure. And but Destiny's got two download windows. It's got the first. It got the first and the second. So what I did was I just opened up the game and let it install as it downloaded from PSN. Um, yeah. But yeah, like that. There's only one more, two more games technically. But there's only uh, those two games are the only two games on disc I have now. And then so what I did was I looked it up on GameStop because I still have a couple Switch games I want to trade in. And I was like, how much can I get for this? And it was like seventy five cents or eighty eight cents. No, eighty three cents. It was only eight cents more um, for Destiny 2's disc. And I'm like, I only have the disc. I, I'm not giving them my still book for my collector's edition. So still book's like, worth more than that alone. Yeah, so I'm just like, no, I'm just gonna keep this. And I was like, I should bend it and break it because I was like, nobody I know wants this game. Anybody who has or wants it already has it. So I'm like, I don't have anybody to give this game to. And then I was like, okay, I'll just bend it and act like I rage quit at it. And then I so I posted a picture of the game disc all bent up, and then I posted a picture of my monitor behind it with like the game update installing. So it's just like now I am 100% digital uh, from here on out, which but I have been, so no big deal. I got gotcha. you. Spider Man really made me angry that night. Spider Man is that the one that did that initially on? No, no, no. Spider-Man was the last physical game that I bought. We got home from GameStop at like oh, 9.15. And, and, install. And, and the install took to like 11.30. Yeah, I forgot and about that. And I'm just like, I could have had this preloaded and <clears throat> uh, PlayStation Store lets you activate that stuff or access it at 11. I'm just like, I could have been on this quicker. And this is a physical version. This should, I shouldn't have to go through these steps with a physical game. Yeah. So it's just like, what's the point? I can already have it preloaded and downloaded. Uh, it's like what I did with Red Dead. Red Dead, I literally started downloading it the Monday before it even came out. And then um, by the time it came out, I'm like, well, there's Red Dead right then and there, ready to go. Ready to go, yeah, right so at the time. I don't, even have, to, I don't <clears throat> have to worry about standing in line at a GameStop. I don't have to worry about socializing with people I don't ever really get to see anymore. I don't really care about all that. It's just I'm going to have the game available, and I'll see you guys online when it all pops up. Okay. But what about you? What have you been playing? Uh, beat Hollow Knight's first ending, thirty-four hours in. Uh, Three posted endings, about right? that. Uh, I think four now because I, I I don't know for sure. Don't quote me on that because uh, I know that there's two other ones that come into it that I know about off the top of my head. Uh, and then there's the first I'm ending. Rotate this get away to. from you since I know I know all the endings. <laughs> Yeah, you're fine. Okay. Um, but anyway, I got to that first ending, and um, I'm 75% Mystery. completion through the game. For now, me. I don't know. I think the person on Twitter was probably right, uh, but I don't know if you knew. Uh, because the PS4 version came 
with everything while at the time it was done. And I think maybe the Switch version did too. Yeah. Uh, but the Void Heart edition where it had all the mm-hmm. DLC already on it. Um, does the game account for, in the completion scale, does it account for the DLC I, in the 100% no or not? Idea. And I, I didn't pay attention. From to what that. I'm understood, it doesn't. So for like for for games that have multiple endings, um, unless it's a game that has something that is going to pull me back in and be somewhat very differently, like Detroit. Yeah, um, I'm not going to play it again. Um, you don't have to play it again. You continue to play through. I did not actually know that. Yeah. It, so what it does is it does the uh, Kingdom Hearts style thing where, oh, do you remember before you get to the final I, boss, I there's like a bench either. right there? Yeah, I don't like that. Uh, so once you beat the game, it rolls through the credits. And when you hit play, when you hit continue you're playing, back the bench you're the back at the boss. bench. Yeah, I don't like that. Um, to me, I mean, it, 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 it's almost the preferred way for me. Like if it's going to have three endings and it's not going to have a pull, I mean, that's fine. But for me, it's just like on Switch specifically, there's no trophies. So there's no trophy reason to go back well i just like it because it's very similar to what you could do with bloodborne where but it's at least built in the game where in bloodborne when you were trying to get the alternate ending that's you could, what they want you could save file manipulate yeah, to get where you they want you they want you to play through the game three times i'm sure and those games make sense because you can go through a different build you can go through doing different challenges for yourself hollow knight doesn't really have builds like no it doesn't it has secrets that you could or couldn't find i mean you can beat the game with you can get all so your, few of the powers the abilities that called in that game I don't know what they're actually called. I mean, I just called them abilities, but either way, my point I they being had a cute name to them. I, I don't know, but either way, I just I like that setup enough because what it is is that you think about it, you don't feel like you have to restart an entire game that you just spent oh, no, thirty just something hours in. Abilities. And when you're moving through, you gotta think. You know, you it lets you experience the endings chronologically as as well as long as you understand what causes the endings at least mildly. Yeah. So I knew that there was an item I didn't want to have in my inventory. Uh, to get the ending, the first type of ending. And if you once you pick that item up, you automatically are no longer able to get the first ending. So I was like, I'm at a spot where I can beat the game. I'm going to go ahead and do it. And then I'll come back and play it some more and get the other two endings. I was thinking about doing it directly after, but I did not. I don't know. I just, I feel like I need to do something else. So yesterday I played skate with Kyrie and, um, let's see. I downloaded because I bought an Xbox. I don't want to get into that story. Um, I bought an Xbox primarily to be a 4K Blu-ray player. And I decided that I think I'm going to play Ori. Ori. But Ori seems like a similar style game to Hollow Knight, at least in the is sense that going to burn like, you out? I don't know. No, Ori is good. Ori is I, really good. I mean, I downloaded it, and I'm, I intend to start it in the week lead up to uh, Days Gone. I saw that you uh, were hmm. playing Cuphead. Not me. I did not play Cuphead. You said in Discord Cuphead sure is challenging. What? Did oh, yeah, not? yeah, yeah. But no, I just said it's a challenging game, but I didn't, uh, I'm not I thought, playing I thought you were playing it and you're like, dang, this game's hard. No, it's oh, just okay. someone was talking about, they referenced back to, it was Kiki talking about people on Switch having the same problem where they're like, this game's too hard. Uh, you know, and it goes back to that journalist who was complaining that he couldn't get through the, what, the training level in the game or whatever, where you go through the beginning parts of it. Um, I've just seen Cuphead played, and I can tell that it has a challenge to it, but I have not played it myself at all. Yet, that's a good actually. game. It looks really good. So, now that I mean, you got an Xbox One, that's a good game for you to pick up. Yeah. I mean, Cuphead. I could have done it on PC, to be fair, and I could have yeah, done the same have. with Ori. I just, you know, what it is is I'm, I'm able to use the Games Pass subscription way better on the Xbox. So. Is Ori part of Games Pass? Yes, on, on Xbox it is. Not okay, on PC. so not on PC. Yeah, on PC, Games Pass is garbage, essentially. I mean, it's, at least it's there. It has a cool, few cool games. I mean, it's literally just Xbox exclusives. 
Yeah, Forza. <laughs> yeah. So, but so anyway, Forza I don't think that's what we played. I don't think I played. Any, oh, I did. Okay, I tried Shadow of the Beast out. That was the game I was telling you about. That was an old. Originally, I think it was an Amiga game. Um, and that's old, old. No, I know what it is. I'm just trying um, to think of the name. Yeah, so Shadow of the Beast, and this is what you might remember. When they announced the PlayStation 4, and they had a little event for it, and they ran, they ran through a couple of different uh, teasers, there was one that had like a, a weird alien-looking foot that stepped into some sand, yeah, the, and you uh, saw a thing. What is that called? A tech demo. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, it was just an announcement demo, essentially. And it was showing off what was the Shadow of the Beast remake yeah. uh, that, that PlayStation had gotten. Uh, in partnership with them on and the game did not end up coming out like I was hoping I was hoping for more of an actual full on 3D take on the because the art style and the world and stuff seems cool but instead it's very much the original idea just remade in a 3D environment that's still shown in a 2D aspect for the most part it does a couple of things like you saw out of um, late gen sprite based Pokemon where it was still technically 2D and there was a couple times in black and white where even though it was sprites you'd be going a, a, around a bridge and it would start to curve. Yeah, there's like a Z-axis there. Yeah, so they're doing that on this. It's a fully 3D game, but nine times out of ten, the game is fully in 2D. So it's okay. 2.5D, 2. but a couple of times it'll swing that camera behind to give you like a little bit more of a view on like a building that you're coming up into or a boss fight. Gotcha. So it's almost like a Link to the Past and stuff like that, where like you could technically jump over things and off of things. Oh yeah, but you're still only on a two on a two D yeah. axis. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. like the point five there because there are games that have three axes. The three D. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a two point five D essentially because it's a three D game that it's 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 made fully in three D, but just being shown in a two D. I as, like games like that. There's a um, there's a Batman game that's a the Batman Arkham, Arkham uh, City uh, or. Uh, 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 Greenwater, whatever it's called. Not Arkham Greenwater. Origins Asylum Blackgate, whatever Blackgate. the hell. Yeah, I know it's it a, a ridiculous name. It was a really fun game because it was essentially. I like taking the idea of Batman and just putting it into the Metroidvania, you know, mold. It was actually a pretty fun game. I played that when Kyrie was being, well, when Hannah was in the hospital and we were kind of in between waiting at the NICU. Whenever we were just kind of waiting in between, I didn't have anything else to do and try not to freak out. I was like, I'm just going to play Batman, which was pretty good. Uh, but anyway, that's about it. So I guess we can go ahead and move into the community's take. And what we did this time for the community's take, we've already kind of talked about the fact that we're doing a PS5-based episode, as are many podcasts, so it's not really that surprising. Uh, but what we took to do is that we have talked over and over again and talked about all these different uh, patents that they've been rolling through and saying, okay, it looks like, as much as we can tell, patents don't mean for sure, but they are at least looking into it. Well, now we know for sure that the next-gen PlayStation console will be backwards compatible. So what I said and what I took to all of our little areas was, with the recent confirmation and the next-gen PlayStation console will be backwards compatible with PS4, potentially more, are you excited? Do you feel you'll use the feature a lot? Uh, and let us know the first game that you try the feature out on. The overwhelming majority were excited. The two options I gave were excited or indifferent. Um, and across the board, it looks like on Facebook, no one said indifferent. Everybody was excited on, <clears throat> and I need to pull Discord up. But I'm looking at it. Good. You got it. You can cover that side. Uh, but yeah, it was a little bit more split. I mean, there's 18% said indifferent on uh, Twitter, but seemed to say that it seems like a good idea for them. So a couple games that were mentioned, uh, it looks like. Mr. Ryan, our good friend of Skinny Rage, says he'll be poking around in Red Dead Redemption Online still so he can see if it'll look any better at the same time. I thought you I heard Red Dead Redemption, and I, for some reason, thought Resident Evil Online. I'm like, what is that? 
Uh, Jonathan over at Shenanigans and such, shout out to her boys, says Bloodborne pre-patches. Need to see the true load times. I feel like there, people do need to understand, though. We'll get into more of this on the main topic, is that it's up to developers to put these patches in. Yeah, absolutely it is. So I don't know if From's actually going to go back well, and do that. we actually don't know if a patch would be required for that. It depends. We don't know enough of how the the back end works for that. Well, yeah, because boost mode doesn't do anything on on Bloodborne. We'll get into that when we get into the main thing. We'll talk about okay. it. Okay. Yeah. But okay. Uh, anyway, Mr. Liam says excited, but hoping for further backwards compatible games. As for first games, it'll either be Witcher Three or Persona Five. Good games. I still need to try out Persona Five, but I mean, at least I know that it's a well uh, well sought after game, and a lot of people love it. Let's see. And lastly, I'll do a shout out for Mr. Let's see. Oathkeeper Kiki says, yep, that means I'll still be able to play my physical PS4 games when I eventually switch over to PS5 completely. Still wondering if digital PS4 games will also be available. Don't know if you guys are able to help with that answer. That would be a huge plus for I me. I would guarantee it. Guarantee it. Yeah, without I, a doubt. I would go as far as to say that I'll basically... I, I don't have the information, but I will confirm that that's going to be the case. Uh, the, the thing about it is... And Blake actually followed up with it. If you're going to do backwards compatibility and you're not going to include the digital ones, it, you're going to step into a territory where Microsoft has now outdone them. And You're going to step into a territory that I'm not going to be buying. <laughs> well, essentially you're going, because you got to think about it this way. When you look at it right now, the last time that we had a system that was fully backwards compatible was a PS3. That was not fully, though, was it? Yes, it was, at launch. Well, the first one was. Yeah, yeah, but that's, and, that, that's what I mean. Only a small percentage but of actual I'm, people owned that. Yeah. PS2 was fully backwards with well, all PS1 disc. Yeah, sure. But I'll go. But so was the first model. The first year and a half of models of PlayStation 3 were. I still but, I count that, but I, it's, it's, I would more go more so with that same as a PS2. Yeah, but even then, even if you want to go into PS2, it still comes into the point of we've never seen the system be fully backwards compatible from PlayStation from, in a time period where there were digital games. Well, and ter- home consoles because the Vita and the PSP back compatibility was, was weird because Vita had a different physical media. It was well, a Vita cartridge. also didn't have true backwards compatibility. It was an emulator for PSP. Yeah, I mean it was for PS3. I mean not for PS3, PS1. Oh yeah, that same, was same as PSP though. Yeah, yeah, that was an emulator, which is fine. I mean, yeah, I mean that's that's what you like. Sometimes you want actual in in system technology that is running old technology to run it. Mm-hmm. Like what the Xbox One does, mm-hmm. and then you want emulation. They're, having both of them is the way to go, in my opinion. Yeah. Because there's no way you're gonna have PS One tech and a PS Five, right? You really don't need it. Is it would be the well, thought I mean, process. That's, that's it. That's all I yeah, mean. Is that you're gonna have to run the emulation because you're yeah. not gonna. You wouldn't do that. Yeah, and you if you're programming your own that. emulation, that's what a lot of it comes down to. If you're programming your own emulation down, then you're fine. Well, that's essentially what what they did themselves with the uh, PlayStation Mini. Oh, yeah. Well, no, I, from what I understood, I mean, I guess it was, but it was also open source emulation, which was which, kind of interesting. Yeah, but that's still something that they created for their own emulation. You know, that's one thing that's interesting. I don't know enough about the way that console manufacturers go about applying. We are having a real, lot of freezing over here. Well, I hope it's not a real problem, but I mean. Yeah, I was going to say, just in case if you guys are watching in the YouTube videos freezing, we are aware, but. I can't do anything about yeah, it. Yeah, we can't really do much about it right now. <laughs> So, uh, so sorry to cut you off, Brett. But oh, I'll you're fine. That out. But yeah, I mean, it, I'm paying attention. To I don't know enough about how console manufacturers go about putting real emulation in. In terms of, do they go through and actually look at the information and code it off of the stuff that they have 
tech wise that they understand about the back end of their tech pieces like the PS1 and then do it themselves. Obviously in the case of the PlayStation Mini, Sony didn't. They just used open source emulation and went from there. But it's really easy to emulate PS1. The argument for a lot of people with emulation is that emulation doesn't end up feeling as true to the thing. I guess true to the games as it otherwise would, but that's also an argument that plagues simple things like uh, remasters. I don't know if you ever, I just don't, I don't think you ever played them, but the Sly Cooper remaster for Sly Cooper one specifically. I played them on PS3. For a lot Seth of Adam. Okay, a lot of people specifically mention that uh, Madame Madam Voodoo or whatever the crocodile voodoo woman in the Bayou. Uh, whenever you're doing her boss fight, it's like a rhythm-based section, and they shoot stuff out at you, and a lot of people felt like that was mangled. It didn't really bother me, and I was able to beat it without any issues, but a lot of people felt like there was a wall of, like, I've played this game a million times before. I understand how this is supposed to feel, and it's not hitting. It's kind of like when Guitar Hero hit that move into next gen when everybody was doing the um, HDTVs, and prior to that, it had all been set up on CRTs. The calibration. And the calibration was super weird because it was like... You happen to sit. You have to sit here and try and figure out. I'm like, and well, hit the note when you see the thing, and we're going to be able to calibrate it. Like and it a, never felt like it worked exactly right. I had a childhood friend that was actually in your grade with Seth Brandon Rogers. Yes, and we would go to his house and play Guitar Hero. He didn't know you can calibrate it properly. He learned how to play that game with lag with a delay. Yeah, <laughs> um, Ooh, that's wild. But on the Discord side of things, uh, World End mentions. He says, "I would love to try God of War with its unlocked first person or first person." FPS mode to see if it runs at 60 FPS locked. Just to clarify, could you say unlocked and then to see if it runs locked? If you're playing on a traditional TV, you're not going to be able to go higher than 60 frames per second. You're going to get screen tearing. You're not going to want that. Um, you, if you out, if you output more frames than what your display can, you get really, really bad screen tearing, and it becomes very obvious that it happens. So. I don't know if you mean just purely up to 60, 100%, or if you do mean truly unlocked. Those with monitors that have like 144 hertz and stuff would be able to see unlocked and stuff. But the traditional consumer that's playing this on a regular TV or even a computer monitor that doesn't have, uh, or that only has 60 frames per second, you're not going to see a difference. Well, yeah. So essentially the cap on most consumer model TVs is would be, be 60, 60 frames per second. Yeah. And it could, it could run more, but you wouldn't be rare. able to see it. You know what I mean? It's like you wouldn't see the it, it, essentially, and it depends because it depends on that goes into a lot of tech of whether there's VSync or not because VSync well, makes the game stick about. to yeah, it. Yeah, that VSync is is what requires a game to run at your screen's resolution. Well, it doesn't require, re but it helps. And the reason it, no, they it do forces. that. Well, it forces the game to run into like, it. That's but, the limit. The, the cap for your frame rate but is But not all games refresh, require right? VSync is right. what I was getting at. So the point of VSync is to minimize tearing. Right, and it's, yeah. and VSync often comes with people say this, but I've never noticed it personally. Is just minor input lag. Uh, I've never noticed that with VSync on. It doesn't. I play with it on every single game I play, because I run into problems of my PC games like Subnautica, Grand Theft Auto Five, Forza. My PC is outputting way more power than what my monitor can handle. And often, like, I'm getting higher frames in these games than 60, and it's tearing my screen real bad. So sure. I have to play with VSync on. Yeah, some people want VSync. Yeah, because my monitor, at least my older monitor was. I have a higher, my new monitor has a higher refresh rate. Um, so that, it's only 75, but that extra 15 frames actually be what it's trying to go up to. Sure. Um, but yeah, so I'm curious about that as well, because I don't think that they'll be able to run fully unlocked. Now, unlocked up to 60 would make sense. And that's sure. what I hope, that's what I think you mean. Yeah, I think you just meant that, you know, when on the pro version, it was an unlocked frame rate thing. Yeah. So 
how high would that push on new hardware? Right. And then uh, a lot of the conversation left in Discord is simply just discussing what we just kind of discussed with backwards compatibility and digital purchases. Uh, yeah. As One thing that Kiki, Kiki brought, brought up, it back up. A, okay. Because he was talking about it. That and it's a good point, and it was what you were talking about too. Is that the Vita was able to backwards compatible play uh, PS1 games, but not all, and that was very similar to what you saw with. Um, I think you could play all the Final Fantasy PS1 games, right? Except seven, and then eventually it got or not. Seven, no, I think eight. all of them. All of them. What, I'm eight, fairly positive. Eight? There was a weird trick where certain games were compatible and worked, but you had to transfer them over from the PlayStation 3. Yeah, you had to uh, that, hook That was the same USB, way on PSP. Right. Yeah, because I played the PSP version of Star Wars Force Unleashed because I liked that one a lot, oddly enough. there was a PSP. Oh, yeah. That. That's how I played and beat the Force Unleashed. I've, not, I've played the PS3 one, and it did a lot of weird perspective changes that I didn't care for. So I just was like, I'm just going to play the PSP version because it's otherwise the exact same game. The uh, PSP but, Battlefront game was cool too. Rogue Squadron. It was. It was. Uh, but going into that, he's he's talking about that there are certain PS1 games that are not available that are on the PS Store, but they're not available on the system to play unless you move them over there with, throughout other features. Now, that goes ties into very similar with what Xbox has done with all of their backwards compatibility. Yeah. They've never had a console that was fully backwards compatible. The original Xbox, whenever it hit, it only had and then it went into games. Xbox 360, only select Xbox the games, Xbox games yeah. worked. And then that list grew over time. And that's exactly what we saw with the Xbox One when they moved into the Xbox One and announced uh, eventually at that E3 that they were doing it. It started off with a small selection of games. And then as they had time to test other games and figure out whether they're going to work or not, they expanded that list more and more and more. And it's a pretty big list now, but it's still not complete. And still not every single game is guaranteed to work. Uh, and that's very similar to what happened here. And I think that Sony's... The hope would be that even if for some reason something like this does happen where they have to start slower. And, and again, on PS4, because this is the same architecture, PS4 will be fully supported. I think what's going to matter on these is that there's a chance that PS3 games, PS2 games, and maybe even PS1 games will be a little more you know, pulled out with lists. PS3 being the one I think would happen to the most because PS3 is going to be the hardest thing to emulate. So if yeah. they're able to do that, it would, at all it would be more so of there's a chance that not every game is going to be guaranteed to work and it'll be a small list that expands out slowly I think that on the Vita side it, they probably in, intended the list to go even bigger but they just stopped caring when the Vita didn't hit their sales expectations which is not the way to act but that's probably what happened and they just stopped worrying about expanding it because why did it matter yeah so that's we've talked about though and how yeah. I think we both generally disagree with Sony on that yeah so we'll talk about our further uh, thoughts on that and some of the other stuff regarding the PS5 once we get into the main topic but for now go ahead and hop into that drop sir sure so this is a short week and for those that don't know the drop is this week's PlayStation releases across all of its platforms first up on the list we have a chair in a room green water for PSVR all right day D through time for PS4 Days Gone for PS4. Friday release, right? Uh, yes. Uh, Jupiter and Mars for PS4 and PSVR. Oh, God, I forgot about that game. That's the one with the dolphins, isn't it? Yeah. Mortal Kombat 11 for PS4. And the last game up on the list, like I said, very short week, we have Zeroptian Invasion. Zeroptian Invasion, yeah, for PS4 and PSV to digital cross by. I think we all know that everybody uh, is what they're excited for this week. Uh, a chair in a room is looking pretty good. <laughs> looking very, very legit. Greenwater, uh, right? Uh, yeah, Greenwater. Green, green uh, no, okay, so I'd say for me right now, and we'll get into a little bit, um, we'll get into a thing real quick. Actually, I'll start with that one and then go back around in the news. Uh, Days Gone is obviously the big game for me. Um, more because, like I said, I've given my praise of Bend a lot, and just because I believe in them as a studio and I want to see their first original property in a long time do really well, 
I'm it's I'm excited because I'm wanting to finally get my experience with it and see if it holds up to what I expect from them. And my my expectations aren't skyrocketed. They're in check, but I think they're a good studio. So I think that there's a good chance that as long as the game is actually made well, and I'm sure that it is, that it'll exceed my expectations, which it can only do good for me. But uh, I do have mild, mild interest in Mortal Kombat 11. No, yeah, Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, I, I forgot who said it, whether it was you, Joe, or someone else. But they said it the best way. They said, I'm going to wait until somebody I know buys it, and then I'll play it. Uh, I think we've all said that in some yeah. form or fashion. So, like, some yeah. one person's going to play it, they can just bring it over, and we'll all play it then. Because yeah. I'm not spending $60 on that. I'm not buying Days Gone within, like, the next couple weeks. Probably a late May. Fair enough. Uh, there's too much going on right now with Between Destiny, me wanting to fin- uh, finish Phoenix Wright on the Switch, and... Um, a couple of other games coming out on the Switch real soon that I want to get to. So okay. like, I'm going to leave Days Gone for a time. Like I said, is I'm going to leave it for a good old, good old time in which I'm not expecting nothing. Okay, well, I'm going to head over to this Mortal Kombat news real quick, and we'll start the news off after that. Uh, Mortal Kombat 11 apparently requires internet to be able to unlock gear, access the crypt, and even earn trophies. Now, this comes after a NetherRealm Studios employee posted a tweet that has since been removed, claiming that parts of the games were inaccessible offline and has been corroborated from a user on Reset Era, so take it with a grain of salt. But they say they have an early copy of the game and that these things are true. So this is still technically a rumor. No official announcement's been made, it, but it, hold reset. off on buying it if it sounds even, if it sounds, not that it's, it, whether or not it sounds po- possible or not, but if that sounds like a deal breaker for you, hold off on buying it until something actually comes out and you can know for sure whether this information is true. But go ahead, Saul. Is, um, now, do you pronounce it Reset Era or do you pronounce it Resetra? I've heard two. I've heard that pronounced twice. I don't know what the world way to say I, it I is. I pronounce it reset era, but okay. I've heard resetra way like a lot, and I've heard reset era a couple times. But whatever, like whatever it's called, I, that's basically what people are claiming is a new geogaf. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, geogaf, whatever it's called. Yeah, it can get crazy. Sometimes. So like, uh, they say don't trust anything you see on that website in terms of leaks and stuff. But that goes the, for the only anything. now. The only reason I went that way is because it what there was a tweet involving it. And then no, it kind of was furthered by them. So, but it, no, I was just making a general statement that's like people say, don't trust that website for truth. Don't trust any of them. Yeah, like, don't trust any for, website for, for like. Leaks don't even and trust stuff. us. That's why I say it's a rumor. Rumors are the, often better than what you expect. The only thing I say about the rumor is it, it's. I only even put it on here for people who may be excited for Mortal Kombat, but that just does not fit in with what they wanted from the game. It is getting so, toasty. Hold on, in it this is house. getting hot in here. I'm gonna tell my wife. To turn down the AC. I'll take, I'll take something from you from the news real quick. Well, hit, hit that next one up. After 11 years, EA and Criterion have announced that the servers for the original release of Burnout Paradise will be turned off starting August 1st. This does not affect the servers with the most recent remaster of that title once it hit, or now that it hit current gen consoles. Interesting. I did not know those servers were still up. <laughs> Me either. That's, those are old that's, servers that I can't really blame them for shutting down. <laughs> that's exactly what I got into. Blake shared it, and at first, for some reason, the way my brain read it, it was a tweet. Uh, he shared it before I ever saw anywhere else on into the Discord. It was a, a screenshot, and I looked at it, and it said Criterion. And I thought it was saying that after so many years, because I just glanced at it. I was like, oh, are they shutting Criterion down finally? Not that I want them to, but they've not—they've been relegated to just be a support studio and haven't put anything out. Did sadly. you get the platinum for the remaster? Yes, I did. Okay, I thought so. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I thought that they were saying that they were shutting down, and I was like, "Man, that sucks." Uh, and I thought that at the same time, it was going to be closing all the servers for the games within reason. Uh, but thankfully, Criterion's still around. Maybe one day they'll get around to being able to put out a game again. 
instead of just being a support studio, uh, do their own original game. I would love to see that. Um, but yeah, man, I guess that's just an example of how long certain franchises can keep their servers up. It's really crazy. Yeah. So like a uh, decade now. That, that's almost twelve years. Yeah, almost. I was trying to think. It was two thousand and seven, right? Yeah, it was like or two thousand eight. The game came out in like January of oh eight or something. It's so crazy. But anyway, uh, moving on to the next thing. Celebrating its one-year anniversary, God of War has had a week full of free themes, development commentary, discounted price, and the announcement of a documentary called Raising Kratos that plans to peek into everything surrounding the game uh, from start to finish, and it'll be coming free to YouTube soon. Also, Saul, thank you. It's nice when you read news. You got, I told you, you have that news telecaster voice. I think you do really good doing news, but we've already set this up, so it's mine. Uh, but anyway... What do you think about that? Did you see the free theme? There's I, apparently an not, Easter egg in it, and I, I haven't downloaded it I yet. I think I said this in Discord the other day. I could care. I could not care less about themes on PlayStation. Oh, yeah. I mean. I, I do not give. I don't care at all. Like Really? At all? At all. Like, the do you cool, even have a theme on yours? No. The coolest thing that, that literally PlayStation let me do this generation in regarding to customization was allow me to select my own picture. As a background, yeah, yeah. I just so I have I have a hyper wallpaper or a hyper wallpaper. Hyper What's light more weird about that wallpaper instead of a theme? That's exa- that was that started with the PSP as a launch, and they feature. never and the they, PS3 the had it Vita as a launch still can't feature. Do it. The, no, the Vita can. The home screen, yeah, or the lock screen, yeah. You can't do that on home screen, can you? Oh, I think you're right. Yeah, it's just a, it's well, the, just that ugly bubble. The, the whole bubble UI was hideous, but we, we that's not worth getting into right now. Um, but now yeah, why PlayStation? But why did PS4 not launch that feature? I remember when they were acting like it was oh, a I thought you were going to say, thing. why did PlayStation not launch a bubble? I'm like, don't give them any ideas. <laughs> I don't want the bubble on a real console. That would be awful. It of course least, it would. It at least makes sense on the touchscreen. No, it doesn't. It does, you know, it's just, it, no. I mean, don't worry. It's not optimal, but it makes sense. No. I can see why they would go toward because this is what it comes down to. They were like, how do we make this more like a phone? Exactly. Which was not let's, a good idea. Let's bundle a 3G model at launch because people are totally going to use that. I, I bought it. And they had a lawsuit over them against it, too. (laughs) Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff on that. But that's also because the speeds weren't what they needed to be. Of course they were It was dumb. It's 3G. You're not playing a game over 3G? Oh, anyway, that was funny. And I I like themes, but I think that the vast majority of them are poorly made. Yeah, like, that's the problem is that, like, too many, like, themes and avatars flood the marketplace and they're just not they're just made for a quick buck. Well, and do you remember the PSP and PS3 days where specifically on PS3 you could literally go to the web browser on PS3, go to sites where people had the theme maker and would make their own really amazing themes, dynamic themes and stuff. And some of them were awful, right? Some of them were like Tenacious D and that, they were all all the icons were Jack Black's head in different that, ways that and every time, time you moved. Though, that nobody was doing that. So like the ones that were made were really cool or really bad. Yeah. And there were a couple like of ninety nine percent of them that get submitted are really bad. Yeah. Because they're just made for a quick bug by these companies that just roll around. Oh, you're now. Yeah. yeah, now. And now back then it was people who were just doing it on their own and uploading them to for free on theme sites. Right. But that was such a cool part of having a PS three. You had to use a USB drive, right? To get no. it. No. No, you could, you could, you could go to, but you could just website, go to the browser yeah. on the PlayStation and download them direct, which was even cooler. Um, and the PlayStation recognized the file type and would add it into your themes. And dude, I used to love, I would go through themes like once a month and just change it to a new cool one I could find. I did that a lot with, um, and then they also had a lot of great ones. The infamous festival of blood theme for PS3 that they had, which was the official festival of blood theme was amazing. They, but see used to, a lot of the themes that were done were cool because they would change all of the XMB's uh, symbols and stuff and make them look like they fit into the background yeah. art. And now most of the themes that I even like on PlayStation 
even if I like them mildly, like the picture, most of them don't go through the process of actually doing much to the the logos at all that are across the. I don't know what you'd call the new. I, I know what they call it, but it's essentially like an evolution of the XMB. Yeah, it essentially is, which is now, weird because it goes the opposite way. Yeah, what's what's also cool is that I don't know if you've seen a couple of things, uh, but there's a couple of dynamic themes that when you go down into the game stuff, it goes to a different background. When you go up, it has like a yeah force perspective. Doesn't on Last something. of Us do that? The Last of Us one does with Ellie okay. and the rifle. See, for me, it's I'm not saying that there's no good themes and no good avatars because there's certainly some talented people out there making them. It's yeah. just. Like, Joe has the Kingdom Hearts theme, and I can hear his – it changed the audio tone of him going through menus. Yeah. And I can hear the Kingdom Hearts cursor yeah. moving around. Bling, bling. Yeah, and I'm just like – Which I like that. That would kill me. Like, after a hundred times of hearing that, I, I, I would never, never want to hear it again. So I have all that – I have system menu uh, music and the uh, tones I'm pretty sure turned off. If okay. I don't have the turns turned off, I've gotten so used to the default one that I don't even pay attention to it anymore. Well, there you go, Saul. Next up on the news, though, rumors abound around Final Fantasy VII's remake finally being shown off again this year uh, with the announcement of a themed concert coming just before E3. So if you remember, this is very similar to what happened with Kingdom Hearts Three, where it went away for a, a good while, we didn't see it, and then it came back after that long hiatus at a concert that was for the Kingdom Hearts series. Uh, and at the end of it, I want to say, is when they came up with new footage and then they talked about it again at E3. And a lot of people are thinking that we're going to have this same kind of thing here. And this is just a, they're setting up for the same thing. It makes sense. Kingdom Hearts 3 is out of the way. From what we've seen from Square, they don't want their big Japanese franchises overrunning each other too much. So they want to let one game have the limelight for a long period until release, give it a little bit of its post-release love, um, and then move on to the next game. This seems in line with that. Uh, and I'm holding my breath just in case. I'm not going to get my any kind of excitement up. But I think it's a good chance that we do see it. Uh, Saul, any thoughts on that? I mean, we're, we'll see it either this year or early next year for for one hundred percent sure. If it's not, it's all dead. I, I'm, <laughs> that's not a, to be fair. That's not an unfair way to go about it, you know. Yeah, it's it's been what now four years technically since we saw it at E three two thousand fifteen. Mm-hmm. So if we don't see it again this year, I'm just going to assume it's dead until I see it again. Well, and the last time we actually saw the game was PSX twenty fifteen. I want to say no, where no, we no, actually no. saw about, the little gameplay yeah, footage, the new reminiscent of Final Fantasy fifteen. Yeah, I guess close enough. Well, it's Where not. You, it's not Final Fantasy. Yeah, it's, it's action. Yeah. yeah, it's action based. Which I mean, it looks like what Final Fantasy 15 was going to be when it was still Tetsuya Nomura's 13. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It's more. It's more like a realistic. Actually, That's what so it looks like. About 13 what it looks like is versus 13 and Crisis Core smashed together. What's even more interesting about that is Crisis Core was Tabata, who ended up being it the was director, yeah. yeah, who ended up being the director for 15. But he didn't. I, I don't know. I'm not going to get core battle system so much better in 15s. It is. I agree. Uh, and it's kind of like, like they pseudo turn based because you have to hit the attack button and then you have to go fully through well, it's the also attack. Random too. Kinda. But you can move through the material system. I'm I'm curious to see what they end up doing. The for, slot machine system. The slot machine leveling system was weird, but it you was. got used to it. You got used to it. I would prefer not to be there. Yeah, it's More definitely an leveling. out there one. Uh, but okay, next up for Days Gone, Sony is running a giveaway for 10 plushy Rager Bears, as well as giving away a free dynamic theme and avatar set in the countdown to the game's release. Uh, the offers are for, North, are for North America and are ending on Friday morning at 2 a.m., so grab them while you can if you have any kind of interest in those things. Um, let's see. Next up, Skybound Games, the company that came in, if y'all remember, and finished off Telltale's uh, last season of The Walking Dead after the company's closure, uh, isn't done with the franchise just yet. They've announced that The Walking Dead 
the Telltale Definitive series, which is a collection of all four main seasons of the game, as well as the spinoffs they did, which was like the Michonne or whatever. Um, not a fan of the show or the game, so uh, if I pronounce that wrong, I'm sorry. Um, you got it right, Michonne. Okay, cool. Uh, anyway, it comes with all of those in it as well. Uh, the game will be available by itself, but it will also be available with three different collector's edition tiers. The protector pack that comes with a shirt, an enamel pin set, a replica Kenny hat, which is, I guess, the hat that your old girl wears, Clementine. Um, nesting dolls and a disco broccoli plush. None of this means anything to me. For ninety nine dollars, uh, for two forty nine, you can get all of those same items plus a ten inch Clementine and Lee diorama with an eighteen by twenty four art print for the from the comic book artist. And lastly, at three forty nine, you get all of the previous two tiers stuff as well as a signed art print that was limited to only one hundred available. So, if you are a big fan of that and you want to kind of support that little last bit, go do it. But this does tie into exactly what's what I said. When Skybound was coming in, I was like, they're kind of doing a great PR move. They're doing two things. They're white knighting a franchise that people love and letting it and letting it finish. They're coming in. They've already been talking about getting into games. This is their shoehorn way in. Yeah. They're coming into a series that people already love. But that's it, it's already related done, to them. Right? Mm-hmm. No, no more new ones. Yeah. This is just them coming back and re-releasing the entirety of the franchise on, in one setup. I actually just did his last video. And out of curiosity, I clicked on it because it's like an hour and a half long. And like... The game looks really, really bad, <laughs> but it's just, it's still the same Telltale engine, it's, dude. It's the same as like it looks the exact same as it did on 360 when I played the the demo for the first episode, and I'm just like, man, I'm sure this game has a really good emotional storyline to it because I've seen people reacting to it, but I'm like, I couldn't do it. But when you play something that's essentially the same basic idea in the way of even Life is Strange or something more of Life the is Strange looks kind of bad too for what it is. But it looks better. That's and like, which is a weird sentence. To you know? be fair, like the best looking one for me is Tales from the Borderlands, but they, that still even had weird moments in it. You know what works with Tales of the Borderlands is that it already fit into the Tales like the, it, their art style for the games already fit in the way that Borderlands looks. Yeah. So it didn't feel out of place, which is weird because for The Walking Dead, it's similar. It's it's, it's to a, the comic it's a, book. Yeah, it's a level of cell shadedness that's yeah. very similar, but it's just it was really jarring to look at. Yeah, but I mean, good for those that are finally getting some actual closure and maybe even some optimism with this series because, yeah, we'll see. They've been I, through a lot. I'm curious if Skybound's going to come back with another Walking Dead related game that's different because you know Overkill's The Walking Dead that they're working on came out and just flopped, uh, and it seems like they're going back on all that. So it would be interesting to see if this is them trying to get into that first step of now that we're cause Skybound are the people that dealt with the, I think that they own the IP in general, like in terms of the actual walking dead comic book. So, yeah. so when you go through that, this is their time to make one that's based off of their version of the world and still buying the hype while the show goes big. So interesting to see either way. Next up 13, which saw, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, I but I hadn't. Um, so it's a cell shaded first person shooter. That was originally released during the PS2 generation uh, and is receiving a full remake and is set to release November 13th this year. Fun fact, when I was looking it up, uh, X-Files uh, actor David Duchovny voiced the protagonist, apparently. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that. I mean, I didn't know about this game in general, but that seems like one of those things where back then when they were trying to get... I, I don't know if you remember hearing about this, but there was a Spy Hunter game they were trying to get The Rock to do. There's something about like this game in that time period where they're trying to get big actors to come in before you started getting big named voice actors throughout the PS3 generation. This know? this might be something that um, that was like a childhood rumor, or whatever. Because me and Seth bought this game 
from Game Exchange. And I didn't like it. I didn't like it enough, so I returned it. Is this game a sequel in the universe as um, Killer Seven? Is it no, not? Killer Seven is the God. What is that universe? It's the same kind of. It's by the game people that make No More Heroes, right? So it's part of the um, No More Heroes. Yeah. Oh, Travis Touchdown. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean, though. Is it's it, in terms of who made it. If I'm remembering right, it's part of that, right? Because Killer Seven is that GameCube game, isn't it? Uh, right here? That was on PS2 too, wasn't it? Oh, was it? I played it on GameCube, but it might have been on PS2, I thought. Grasshopper manufacturer is, is who the developer was. And I, maybe I am having them mixed up, but I forgot about Killer is Dead. Was Killer is Dead a sequel of some sort? Yeah. That came out not too long ago too, right? Like 2013. Past, yeah, I was going to say within the past five, six, five or six years compared to when Killer 7 came out. Hmm. Um, yeah, I guess because it's just a first-person cell-shaded game. I always thought that it was like, oh, this is a sequel to Killer 7 because it's 13 or something like that. Yeah, who knows? Sometimes the things that you get in your head as a kid are super weird. I know. And you'd be like, I don't know. Did someone tell me that? Did my weird child brain link to one, that one, didn't exist? One thing in my head that I was told on the playground in fourth grade was that me and a guy were talking about Majora's Mask. And he told me that there's a way to get multiple moon tears to buy a horse as a Deku scrub and that you could jump over the wall uh, to um, the lake area as the Deku scrub before the first day ends. And he's like, you have to trick the guards by uh, bribing them with moon tears. He was totally, totally full of BS. But it's one of those kid rumors that like you're almost making up a story. But it sounds just yeah. compelling enough to be like, that would be kind of I awesome. I can't tell you how long I, I spent on trying to get that done. And, of course, you can only get the moon tier on the second day, I think. I think you're right, yeah. So and I, that, I, I was trying so hard to get it on the first day. That ties into the whole, oh, yeah, if you do Pokemon just this way, then you, you can get catch Mew under, Mew the, under the truck. It's, it's the like, same thing. So that might be the Don't exact, give me these lies. That might be, like, in my head or maybe even one of our friends, like, growing up was like, oh, yeah, that's probably a sequel to this game. And I probably have had it in my head ever since. Yeah, sure. I've got you. All right. Well, that's there. The next thing up, and this goes into what I was talking about. Sony shouldn't have acted the way they did in terms of if that's why they stopped expanding the list for the PS1 games on Vita. But I'm surprised to hear this. So despite poor reviews, Square Enix appear to be continuing to support Left Alive. If you don't remember what that is, it was the game that came out uh, that the artist was the same artist that does the cover art stuff for the Metal Gear Solid franchise all those years. And it looked great. It was going to be like an action stealth kind of series. That was a tie-in to Square's Front Mission Evolved or Front Mission series. Uh, so it has mechs and stuff in it. The game came out to just terrible reviews. I mean, it did not seem to do well at all. And I don't know how that translated sales-wise. But either way, it's cool to see them doing this. So what the newest update does, it's update 1.03, adds new features, bug fixes, balancing improvements. And here's where it gets interesting. A new difficulty level that is supposed to dramatically change the way you play the game called Casual Mode. Now, it's... Casual mode, I guess I get what they're going with it, but it's to appeal to a whole different genre, essentially. So what this does is it makes the game more action-packed so that you can play it more like a shooter. So to do that, they did they had it set up to where you do more damage, enemy attacks do less damage, you get increased ammo limits so that you can shoot more often, reduced enemy health, increased headshot damage so that it plays again like a shooter to give you benefits for wanting to shoot headshots, and your mech gets higher health so you can stay in it longer. They did all of that to achieve this, and I find that pretty interesting. It's They're trying to give this game like a second life. And 
I don't, it, it just goes into sometimes just because things don't work out the way you think they want to, doesn't mean you should just fold over. Cause there's a lot of ways where if that happened, then that ends up going down. I mean, the, if we, if the 3DS would have launched the way it did off the top and ended up coming out, wasn't um, the 3DS was a flop at first, you know what I mean? Of course and it was. Nintendo yeah. had to push and push and push and it's, work. It's, it's basically what I harken back to. It's what I harken back to, um, with, uh, the Switch. Saying like, yeah, it's the same same formula as 3DS. Launches with a Zelda game and a lot of unknown games, and then for like a year, it doesn't do that great. And then all of a sudden, it picks up re- traction way too quickly. Well, the Switch did really well off the press though, because it was a more interesting idea. The 3DS was a relative sales flop, and I don't know if you remember, they were two hundred and fifty dollars right, but uh, right until the Vita came out at two hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> yeah, um, so, I will say though that. We're talking about Left Alive specifically. Was there not a game made for Vita, PS4, maybe even Xbox that also used art from the artist for Metal Gear Solid? It was a it was a hallway stealth game, like where it was an isotropic game. Oh yeah, was it like Limitless or something? I don't. I think it wasn't. I don't think that he was the actual artist behind it. And it was a uh, PS Vita stealth game, and it starts with uh, V. And I know that I could find it if I could just think more. But yeah, it does have that look to it. Now, so, so I looked up uh, Left Alive, and mm-hmm. I noticed something. I had to take this image into, into GIMP real quick to, to Photoshop it. Does this, and obviously you guys can't see it, does that not look just like Metal Gear Solid or Snake's eyes? Actually, that character yeah. looks just like Snake except older, and, and there's different facial features. But like, and he has blue eyes instead of green. <laughs> yeah. That looks exactly like Snake. So, Man, it's gonna kill me if I can't think of it. Is it called Vector? No. Mm. I really thought it was uh, Limit or or something. Um, I do know what you're talking about, though. I, that's the, that's the weird thing, and I, I remember what you're talking about. And it had that very. It looked like Metal Solid One's case art because it had like the hard lines that went off around it and everything. I do know what you're talking about. Uh, if you know what it is, y'all let us know. But until then, we're gonna continue to look. All right, I guess Saul is, and I'll finish Yeah, up. I'm going to do that while you finish up the news. I'm going to finish up the news. All right, let's see. This one is funny to me. In light of all the censorship talk going on around uh, in Sony right now with their vague policies as it returns to global censorship in regards to sexual things, um, it's so funny to me that right now of all times, it's fitting for the publisher to reveal that they're bringing Leisure Suit Larry, Wet Dreams Don't Dry, What are, What to is PS4. wrong with this company? Now, here's the interesting part. It's coming to PS4 and it's coming to Switch, right? From what we've seen right now, when a game comes to PS4 and Switch in the same game and it's past their censorship policies, the Switch version ends up being the one that's consi- that's essentially not censored. That's and the, the thing. PS4 version is. Why even bother to bring a game of this type to a system that right now is saying that this is not going to be part of their stuff at all. And this just goes in. Leisure Shoot Larry is a game that at one point in time. They're it, it terrible only, games, by the way. I, I don't mean that from good. like a spectacle standpoint. They're point and click action games. They're not point and click. I mean, point and click. Uh, uh, yeah, most of them are. They're point and click adventure games. The one I played at my cousin's house wasn't point and click, I don't think. Which one? The one on the Xbox. Okay, so Leisure Shoot Larry. Two, I think. Come lot of it's yeah, something ridiculous. That's, that's it. Yeah, I, I think that one wasn't, but most of them have been point and click ad, ad, like adventure games where you move through an area and you talk to people and go through their different thing. Then there was a 360 PS3 one that I think was 
God, I can't remember what it was called. I don't know why like, um, they continue to make those games. Well, I don't know why there was a market one. for them. But you know, at one point in time on PC, the Leisure Suit Larry game was uh, adult only. So this is a yes. series that has pushed so hard. It was that, that way on PS2 only. No, it wasn't. There was one. I double checked earlier to make sure. ESRB has only ever rated one version adult only of Leisure Suit Larry, and it was on PC only. And Are it you was sure? it was is that lot of come whatever uncut, <laughs> Un- uncensored and uncut. So, uh, yeah, I had to look it up, too, because I thought the same thing. I was like, you know, coming from a game that has at one point in time been adult-only on systems, but that's not true. It, it never hit adult-only on anything other than PC. So, interesting enough. It just seems very, very much against Sony's thing. But, hey, if you're interested in the game, it comes out this June. So, uh, there you go. Uh, next up, Sony's yearly Road to Greatness tour, where they load up a diesel with upcoming or recently released games and hit stops around the country to let fans experience them, is coming back for 2019. Uh, so, the PS Blog has posted a list of those dates spreading all the way into early next year. So, check it out if it's something that interests you at all and see when your dates will be somewhere around you. There's a couple in Texas, so there's a couple close to us. I think it hits, I think there's three. I think it hits Houston. That's not close to Arlington. Us. Arlington close is to close us. to us. I'll say Houston is not close Houston, to us. Houston, Arlington, and I think the last one was Austin. What is Houston? Seven hour drive? Yeah. Houston's a long way. Yeah. Austin's, what, five and a half? Texas is too big. That's yeah, what it comes oh, down yeah. to. Texas is multiple European countries shoved together. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's un- unfathomable how big this stupid state is. Uh, anyway, let's see. I'm pretty sure that is all. That is it. Uh, and then we'll move into this last thing, which is going to be our segment, which is Mark Cerny, of course, and his exclusive interview with Wired. So, Saul, were you able to find your little, your little stealth game? Or did it not happen? No, it didn't happen, but I'm still looking. Okay. But we'll get into the first. So right now, what it comes, what we know right now, came out Monday, if I remember right. Mark Cerny came out in his exclusive interview with Wired, like I said, and they talked about what he's calling next-gen PlayStation. But for the rest of this, we're going to refer to it as PS5. It's just going to be easier, and it's essentially, regardless of whether it gets called PS5, which I'm sure it will if history is anything to show, but we're going to call it PS5. So what we know right now is some of its hardware, so we now know that the PS5 is partnering with AMD again, Sony is, and using a CPU based on third-generation Ryzen tech. So that contains eight cores of a 7-nanometer Zen 2 microarchitecture, which is great, smaller, more power-efficient, all those things. It's very similar to what happened when the PlayStation Slim went down to, what was it, a 14? I think so, yeah. I think the, I think it went down to a 14. Um Maybe no, you know no. what? I don't remember. I'm, I think it did. That's, I'm getting, I'm losing the force for the trees there. Though. I'm gonna keep going. Uh, anyway, so smaller, more power efficient. That's what matters. Uh, a custom variant of Navi for the GPU that is said to support ray tracing. So if you don't know what ray tracing in ray, ray tracing is, it's a technique that models essentially the way like light travels through. A, a, I guess essentially the way light travels through space so that it can show it bouncing off of different sections and give a more diverse looking through the environment. This helps with things like water rendering and stuff like that. Um, a game that supported it on PC but not on consoles uh, is uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. That was one of the recent games that was and did not seem to do it very well. No. Uh, so I'll just kind of throw Absolutely that out there. Not. 
so there is that, and it's it's meant to make you know simulate light better in 3D environments. But Cerny noted that the benefits of this tech go beyond graphical applications, and instead is useful for backend stuff, like checking whether or not you can hear audio and stuff like that. So it seems like maybe it's going to act as a backend support system for the game to check a couple of things, which is interesting. Um, so they also have a custom 3D audio unit, which makes sense because I don't know if y'all remember earlier this year, Sony acquired Audio Kinetic, uh, I think in January, uh, or at least they came out with it and said it in January. Uh, so they're doing a special 3D audio unit for that. Uh, and Cerny talked about in this setup how the jump from PS3 to PS4 did not really include any kind of audio jump and that he thought that that was kind of frustrating. Volume. Yeah, volume. You're close with vectors. Yeah, I knew how to V. I, I said it. Uh, is it the same artist, or is it just styled similarly? I think it's just styled similarly. Yeah. It does not look like the same to me. But it but has that similar look to the... The way it like fades, and there's cuts in the art, and stuff like that. Yeah, like I said, very similar to the first game. The first Metal Gear Solid art to me, for some reason. Yeah, you know the, the cover of the first one, where they had Snake's face all big and superimposed? Oh, yeah. And then they had Metal Gear over it? You know. Uh, anyway. I thought you were talking about Metal Gear Solid 1. Well, that's what I meant, Metal Gear Solid 1. I mean, yeah, Metal Gear 1, my bad. Gotcha. Now, see, this is where I'm getting thrown off. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Anyway, uh, the, there's also, and this will be the last thing, a specialized solid-state drive to improve load times dramatically more than anything available, and this is according to Cerny, that's even in the PC market. I don't believe this. I don't either. Because this is but, new technology that they would be creating for a console, and that's never happened before, has it? Yes, it has. But A, a new SSD? Did you say a new technology? No, I know a new technology. Let me rephrase that. Okay. A new form of memory developed only for consoles. Not necessarily. Because you, yeah. e, you got, what is it called on, um, is it ERS RAM? Oh, ES e, RAM. RAM. But that's RAM. That's that's a different type of memory. No, so this I know, is, but I'm saying that could be a category for yeah, it. Yeah, cell architecture in general but was something that was there's no new. way they're creating a new style of SSD. Okay, now here's what I think it might be. I don't be. believe that. This is where I'm going to postulate for a second here. I'm going to kind of guess, and what I think it might be, is that when you're dealing with a computer, there's two things. A computer is set up to look at information for a lot of different reasons, and different information can be on that hard drive for different purposes. I think what happens here, this might be an SSD that is specifically set up in a way, because he says specialized. I think what's going on is that they might have they might have an SSD, but since this is a gaming console, I think it's set up in such a way that it benefits games because it's made to access information in a way that actually is set up similar to how games are structured. Well, so there it are can SSDs find that, that claim to do this. There are no SSDs that actually seem to do it on the same levels. 0.8 seconds to load. Yeah, so we'll get into the story of why. So it's where Saul's going at with this, in the interview, he's talking about this, this specialized you know, solid-state drive. And to show the increase and in improvement from it on a demo unit that he had, he had a PS4 Pro unit and then a demo unit of the console that was just in a white box. Uh, and he had Spider-Man on both of them. And there is no video of this. There is no there. video. This so, was an exclusive This is something interview that he has only. told us. And I'll get on to, like, trust here in a second. Yeah. So right now, from what the, the interviewer says, whenever he was watching Mark Cerny with Spider-Man, uh, PS4, that just came out recently. Uh, anyway, he was doing, he was swinging around a little bit and then hit into his thing and fast traveled. And when he fast traveled, he said it took about 15 seconds of loading before he showed up in the next spot. He said, then he moved over to the PS5, as we're going again calling it, loaded it up, swung around a little bit, hit the fast travel, hit the button, and he loaded in 0.8 seconds in comparison to 15 seconds. That is. Let me tell you why that's not true. <laughs> okay, so. Tell me, Saul, tell me. Whatever they're developing, 
is going to change the market if this is a real thing. Oh. If it can be released and used externally from a PS5. See, that's where I think it might not. And that's the reason I was saying that my guess for it is very particular to the way consoles work. Right. Con- con- consoles and computers do two different things. Exactly, yeah. The computer, you're having to have a hard drive that is set up. The architectures are different. You're having to set up. Well, the architects are actually, they're both x86. No, no, I'm talking about from. But, yeah, like, when you're looking at what can run on architecture. it. Exactly. A on a computer, PC. you're looking at something that's supposed to be able to run a web browser, the same as it's supposed to be able to pull information from a video editor, yeah. the same as it's supposed to be able to pull information from a, a CAD, like an AutoCAD hardware, a, a, Windows a game, system. a Windows operating system, whether you're going through your file explorer, if you're watching Where the this movie. this one is a very specialized drive to act, to act only on the, the programs it's told exactly. by the creators of the system. So it seems to me that this is going to be something that really only works in the PS5 or if Xbox were to do something similar, which I doubt. Who knows? It's possible. But I don't know if I trust this because... I don't know if I trust how crazy it is. These are... Who, and the other thing is, this is still all... The biggest thing about this, before we move into the rest of the things they talked about, this is the end of the hardware side of things. And... When we're talking about this, a lot of this actually goes into things that me, Saul, and even World End have talked about at different points in time of what we'd like to see but seemed unlikely. And it's and kind SSD of amazing. Was on my list and being, this is why, okay, let me go ahead and just finish this off real quick. Go this ahead. is why I don't believe this. It's one of those that is too good to be true. It's too good. To, I, I refuse to believe it and get my hopes up until I see it because this one piece of new technology that can work this way, if I can load a Dark Souls 3 loading screen in, in one second, if I can load. Uh, Elder Scrolls 6 loading screens in one second. If it actually fixes Bloodborne, which I know is the meme right now, um, in like two or three seconds or whatever it may be to adjust for the already eight-minute loading sections they had at the beginning, um, it's going to be something that I I would buy the system for that alone. If the games ran at the current resolution and they would would look, you know, like a next-gen game, what you would expect them to look, and this was their only marketing you can now load games instantly. You can now download games instantly. They wouldn't even have to improve the rest of the console. I wouldn't even care. For a lot, I would of, buy for the, a lot of people. I would I, buy, I'm, I'm going to say a lot. But there's definitely a subsection who want that so bad that they're like, I would just want, give me a PS4 with that in it. So let me explain I'm something fine, go ahead. here. Because in Destiny 2 on PC, yeah. I have it on my SSD. It takes roughly 10 seconds or less, or less to go to the, the, the tower. Hmm? On PS4, it takes about two minutes. And PC, I can hit my inventory menu and it pops up instantly with everything there, and I can go change weapons without having to wait for that to load. On PS4, it takes about about eight seconds, maybe maybe five to eight seconds. Yeah. When you hit that for all your stuff to pop up, where you can actually access it, it's a big enough jump that I often question why I haven't already bought an SSD and just reinstalled the games that I want on my PS4 on that SSD. Because you would still get improved. Um, yes. You would get me. you would get improved. They wouldn't be. Um, comparable or as comparable to PC games because I've actually looked into it. Yeah. Where it's it's a couple seconds, but it's still not quite as good as the PC ones. If what they're showing is true, and if I see a video of this actually happening, I'll buy the console and no other questions asked. <laughs> I won't even care about backwards compatibility at that point because this is such an important feature to me. Um, people often don't think about it, but the times that we waste in loading screens and the times that we lay it waste, because uh, I would only imagine downloading games is somewhat faster. It would have well, to be, right? Because there's one other thing that happens. Downloading the games, speeds would be different. Downloading games wouldn't have to be faster, 
it still would be based on your internet, but the, how quickly your hard drive could accept the data would, Read and write would it. improve. Yeah, that's what yeah. I mean. Obviously, because uh, it's still going to be dependent on your internet. Yeah, but the thing um, is, right now, honestly, most hard drives can put stuff on I'm, there not at a faster speed than your computer, well, or than it, your internet can already put it on there. It is a hybrid sense. drive, too, that in our PS4s. The, now mine doesn't have a hybrid drive. I didn't put one in. Now my last one was. Oh, you didn't. The one I sold you. The launch one that I don't have anymore, and we're getting lagginess again. Don't worry, guys. We see it. It is what it is. Uh, but yeah, no. The the one I sold you did have a hybrid drive in it. Right. And my PS4 that's in there has a hybrid, hybrid drive, drive in it. it. Yeah. And my launch PS4 that I sold you was. That's what I mean. So I've done hybrid drives, and I didn't notice a, a, there's not there's an not improvement, yeah. but they're not the same because that's a big difference between a hybrid. A hybrid is a small if- section. Of the, because you know, I put a 500 gig hybrid in there, uh, and it gives you, I want to say, like 80 gigs of actual uh, memory. Yeah, it's it's very weird. It it really wasn't or, as or allotment for it. Yeah, it wasn't as much as I was hoping for, and that's why I've kind of strayed away from them. I do have a hybrid drive as my drive for my computer. And then I have an SSD as well that I keep all my games and stuff on for my computer and all this information on. So there is that. But did you did you see the other thing? He was talking about, you know, there there was that. But there was also the side of because the SSD can give out information to the console so much quicker. Uh, the other thing that was a benefit from it Textures is that and stuff loading. How how quickly the city itself could load in when you yeah. were swinging. So see that's another thing that 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 falls into this whole uh, and it I all falls under the same technology. To believe it, yeah. yeah. Because for a game to load without pop-ins and stuff almost that quickly is something we've never seen before in video game history. And right? For some reason, you don't know what pop-in lag means. Imagine uh, when you're playing a game. And you load in, or you start to swing around a corner, or whatever, and you see part of a building. Use Spider-Man as an example. Uh, you swing around a building, and for some reason, you see a block in a part of a building that looks it's like not it's rendered. the color of what the building is going to be, but you don't see any of the texture on it. Like yeah. it doesn't look like brick. But then, after like a second, you see it for maybe a split second, and then you'll see a brick texture pop on top of that. That is pop-in lag, uh, and that's something that the texture is having a hard time coming in as quickly as it needs to. And that happens in some games. I mean, it's, it's always existed. Um, but this would be a huge minimizer to that. It's one of the biggest upsides to it is it's moving information. There's a couple of things. Ram speed's got to be up as long as SSD speeds. It's all got to be that things are all moving so much quicker that as soon as the information or as soon as the system calls for it, the time between it pulling it down is notably different. Correct. Uh, so that and is one thing to think about. I mean, there's a lot of different tech that works together to make these things possible. One thing is going to be what kind of memory they're going to use here. They used GDR5 last time. There have been rumors that a PS5 is going to end up having GDR6, which isn't which isn't really announced to the public, right? Exactly. But it is the next step of right. the, of, of RAM because right now we have DDR3, it's not DDR4, in consumer DDR5. hands or ears right now. So, you know, it doesn't mean that it's impossible. There's a lot of things where people were talking about whether it was going to be the HBML RAM, which is a different type of RAM as well. Um, I hope it's not that. I don't think it will be. Anytime that there's a new kind of RAM, there's always seemed to be some kind of weird in, and not from GDDR. I'm talking about a whole new different format of RAM. Yeah. There seems to be a, a history of issues with it and with incompatibility problems. Well, honestly, HBML is the last time I noticed that there was even a new one and it was exciting on paper, there, but it never seemed to work the same way. Yeah. Because that's it, what I mean with it. You know, my existing graphics card is a really good graphics card, but it uses that. It's yeah. got, it's got oh, 16 gigs of, I don't know. It's I don't ridiculous. think it's 16 gigs. I, I think, think it's, it's eight. I think, I don't even think it's eight. I think it's six gigs. <laughs> Cause back then I can't remember. You got to think about back then the standard was two. No, when I bought mine, most graphics cards were around four gigs. Of RAM. No, no, the standard was two. Four was mid, and six not, was not when I bought my card. My card's you not your that card old. Five years ago, didn't you? No. Oh, okay. 
I'm thinking way back then. I was like, hold on. No, my card's three years old. Okay, so then, yeah, four gigs was the standard. Yeah. Typically. I, well, yeah. I'd say four gigs was on the lower. So, I think mine's either. I think it's eight. I'm fairly positive it's eight. It probably is. But yours is, I already know what it is. I'm just going to go look real quick. But anyway, uh, going into the, these things, I mean, is there anything else you want to talk about that before we get into the other bits? Um, no, I'm just, well, one thing that is there I, any Is there any other notable part for you that stands out? So, I mean, a lot of it comes down to, look. We don't know spec specs on this. What this is is we understand the hardware families on everything. What we're looking at is something and going, okay, we understand that it's a CPU. It's going to be third generation Ryzen. We don't know what the, what it's going to be clocked at. We know that it's got eight cores. Okay. Again, we don't know what it's clocked at. Um, we don't know on the GPU. We don't know. It's probably going to be using some form of shared memory with the system. We don't know the amount of RAM. We don't know the type of RAM. There's a lot of stuff in here that you can tell. We don't know the speed of the RAM. Yeah, there's, and that, that matters a lot with Ryzen. Uh, honestly, that's one of the most important aspects of Ryzen is that you want... Now, the, but this is, an, this is an APU. That's going to be the biggest I know, thing. I know, but so I'm pretty sure it's it would the be, same that goes with... Of like, course, you, it, it would be built in to be harmonious, Well, essentially. Yeah, well... Yeah, there are still pre-built computers that sell the new Ryzen APUs. I forget what they're called, but it's like Ryzen uh, 2700Gs or something. Uh, that's one of yeah, them. Yeah, I think you're right. But uh, if you're not running fast enough RAM with those, which some of these pre-built do not come with, you're not going to have a good time. Like, it's not going to be as optimized as possible, um, which for Ryzen actually means a lot. But um, my, my thing is, is... Uh, with all this, it basically paints a picture of a very, very, very powerful computer or a computer uh, console, but we don't know the specifics of the of how great it's going to be. Yeah. Right now, we are looking at what is going to be the most powerful. Um, I was just telling you, it was eight gigs. Okay, because when I looked at it, it said four. And I'm like, I'm not, I don't remember the name of his card properly because I know it ain't four. Mine was an FXX. Uh, yeah. FX, whatever. But um. My whole thing is is that what we're looking at is something very, very strong, and it's going to be the strongest console, and it's going to be stronger than most um, mid-range gaming computers. Well, look, I, this is what it comes when, down to for me. I get where you're going with that, but of course it's a next-gen. It's going to be more powerful than anything else, so it's going to be the strongest console. Right now, that, that is squarely on the yeah, Xbox I'm just, One X. I'm reflecting back on the, painter, sure. the, the, the painting that this entire uh, picture paints for us. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's very powerful. We just don't know the exact specifics of the speeds yet, which I know a lot of the average consumer don't really care about, um, but that can actually put it in perspective versus what we have now against the Xbox One X and see what these specs are and where they can lie and what the possibilities of, cause we sure. can only speculate 60 frames per second at 1080p guaranteed. And then, um, 4k at 30 or 4k at 60. That's the tricky part. And that's one reason why I don't exactly trust them is cause some of the 4k they've said is 4k is not real 4k. Well, it's honestly, that interloping. They, they, yeah, they've never said, thankfully that it was anything has been native 4k and they well, do have some native 4ks. I think it's, it's NBA 2k 18. Yeah. There's, 4K. there's some live emissions in there though, by not specifying that it was not real 4k. Well, I mean, they they never said native 4k and I guess in no, their I mind, know, but, I, I get what you mean, but I don't think it's live by omission specifically because of the fact that when they were doing the console, uh, the, the little PS4 pro, announcement they constantly were talking about we're achieving 4k gaming in a smarter way 
right. by being able to use but it's not less 4K. power. That's the problem. They're yeah. not really achieving 4K. I mean, they, they're they're achieving 4K output, but not natively. No. Not, well, so, I was going to say that's the problem, though. Is that yeah. it's, 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 now, they're still doing a higher resolution, so a lot of times it'd be something that was like 1800p it's, that is being checkerboarded to 2160p. So it's not right. that much of a stretch, but it's still there. It's Yeah, and that's very similar to what Microsoft does. Or some where, games were just 1800p. Why? Right. That has happened, too. Well, Microsoft's done wordplay in the past, too, where it's... Well, the X console exclusive. Yeah, well, like, the Xbox One X has even had games that are not native 4K. 4K. That, but yeah, I think they have more games though that is yes, actual native they 4K. They do absolutely um, with actual 4K textures. Yes, they um, do. But they did it too before those games reached that limit where they were saying 4K wasn't really 4K. Well, they they were literally putting native 4K. That's the problem. On everything yeah. for a so while, and then each, they got to a point where they stopped. Each company is uh, presumably guilty of that. But well, of course it, they are. It's one of these things, though, that you hear that, you see what happens, you hear 0.8 seconds, I want to see what happens. Well, yeah, I'm with you. Because that's, that's amazing Well, me. look, even, you, so the one thing we know something truly about right now, and we still don't know much about it outside of it's what its performance would be from an actual scalable test, and this guy witnessed it. We're on a level where we just have to be trusting it right now. It doesn't even mean that the end product will be the same as that. You know, right. this, this could, one could be more powerful, and they realize they got to cut well, this cost could be enough. Technology they can't even mass produce right now. It Who could knows? be cost inefficient, like you just said, where yeah. we we may not even get these kind of drives. In exactly. Our so so, but look, we're at a point where the the majority of what I got from this talk. Let's rewind back to p- 2013, right. right when before the PS4 was coming out and Xbox One. Do you remember when the PS4 and Xbox One came out? This we've we talked about it a lot. The both consoles were profitable from day one. They made a profit. Per console, very Unlike very little. I think it was like gen. I think it was like eight dollars per console or something. Uh, whereas they lost hundreds of dollars per console during the PS3 gen, definitely early on. Uh, but you know, when you look at that and you look at what the market was at the time, we were coming off of the you know the 2008 recession was kind of ending and people were coming back into games, but it was that scare tactic that everybody was talking about where consoles are dead and next-gen consoles are going to flop. And, of course, we know now that's not true. Yeah. So what, what did we get to see? What we had out there was a lot of fear and speculation, so much so that game companies like EA and Activision and whatnot were releasing their games on both PS3 and PS4 because they were trying to be risk-adverse. Right. They were like, listen, we've got to make this game to where we can at Shadow least tap into the 80-plus you know, million PS3s out there plus the 80-plus million Xboxes out there if it's a multi-platform game. Okay. So, you know, we have 100... 80-plus million PS4s might not at that no, time. No, no, yeah, no. But, you know, thinking about... You have 160 million previous-gen consoles coming into a next-gen console and being like, I don't know. We're gonna, And a lot of these games are being made before it released. So no one knew what I was going to do. So we're saying, well, we're making Dragon it was, it was Age. A safe bet. We're making Dragon Age, right? Bet. Uh, and they're going, Dragon Age Inquisition, we're going to put it on PS3 as a safe bet. Yeah. So when Call you look Duty, at that. Uh, Ghost, uh, Dragon Age, there's a ton of cross-gen games. Shadow of Mordor, Thief. Sure. Um, there's a ton of, uh, like, and that's not, that's there is because of the nature of a new console coming out. They know everybody can't afford it, so then they're offering there's that, but I, think, but I do think a lot of it is what you're hitting. Uh, far more of it was risk-adverse. Yes. Now, go, continue, though. Go into that. Think about Sony's side of that. When you're going into a market where, yeah, we may have recovered from the 2008, you know, drop in the economy, and then we're coming back out of that. But they're being constantly told by people, even though they're working on this, well, gaming consoles are probably dead as we know them. And that this and this next one will probably be the last and not do that well. So think about it this way. You're in a market full of people that are saying that that's not going to happen. People are talking about how good gaming on cell phones was at the time, which we now know is still not really the same. We knew at the time. It's just you get that fear mongering going on. 
what was Sony trying to do? Sony said, we've got to get it the lowest price point we possibly can. We've got to get consoles to where when we're selling them, we're making a little bit of money off them. So we're not putting ourselves in the red over something that may flop and, and, and literally bury us when, you know, it's time. It was like PS4 ended up being the savior for PlayStation. And the PS3 was doing that to some extent when they were bouncing back. But PS4 was a big part of why PlayStation ended up getting into the black. So much so that PlayStation saved Sony. Uh, PS4 specifically saved Sony as a company. They were um, on the verge of filing bankruptcy. Right, uh, right they were selling off stuff left off. and right, you yeah. know. And their TV line now is gone, right? No, they still sell them. I mean, that's what the, they still make. Bra- uh, no, 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 I'm talking about their um, their famous one. Bravia. Oh no, 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 not TV line. Uh, Vio, Vio. laptops. Laptops. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, I sold those off to another. company. I had a mixture of words. Yeah. Because yeah. who makes Vios now? Like LG or something? I don't remember who bought it. Um, um, but yeah, they they actually sold. That entire line of their specialty or specialty, but their specific branded computers. Sure, but but the I guess the bigger point I'm going to is, I remember there being a lot of people, definitely PC people, very early on, who were saying, "Okay, PS4 and stuff looks fine, looks good, sounds pretty good," and it was still a big jump enough for people who were on consoles to go, "Man, this is pretty cool." But it wasn't as big as a jump from PS2 to PS3. And some people claim just diminishing returns because as consoles get more and more powerful, we start to run out of room of what we can really do with them. Um, That was some people's speculation. I think the other speculation was that very specifically, you know, it's like, well, maybe games are just going to be, they went cheap on it. They went cheap. And and I think that is the truth. When you look at what's going on, they went with a console that was still a lot better than what we had. But they they were taking a lot of gambles and they were trying to play it safe by doing something that was a min-max how much they could spend versus still being able to make a profit and then going, okay, we're going to sell it at that rate, but we have to make sure we we hit $400 because no one's going to want to spend more. And we saw that matter a lot. Xbox came out at 500 and were lambasted for it. So now we're in a different area. When, we're, when people are talking about these consoles, we've seen the Xbox One X launch at $500 again. And, be and nobody really cared. Yeah, it's relatively successful. Yeah, and then you look at what's going on here, and Mark Cerny saying his, his statement was that it was going to be a uh, agreeable price for the power you're getting into it, which sounds like we're probably looking at another $500 console, maybe even more. 550 Maybe. So when you're looking at that, I think that Sony's realizing that they're in a position to do what they did with the PS3 generation, but do it smarter. The thing about the PS3 generation is they really revolutionized tech at that time with something that was really unique and different. Blu-ray. Blu-ray, cell architecture, tons of different things. They they were coming in. And cell architecture, what I mean by that, it was still a revolution. I I know what it is. And it was interesting and unique. Yeah. Now, did it cause them problems and they did it wrong? Sure. But now they're able to come in, they're working with AMD, and they're doing custom chips with AMD that are more close to what they have now, but are still doing extra things. They're buying out companies like Audio Kinetic, and they're coming up from the ground up saying, we want this generational jump to be more. Right, so much so that in the interview they even bring up that the console will support 8K graphics, though they know most people. Now, hold on, I want to get into that. I know, I know why. It's 8K graphics, even though most people don't have the TV for it. All they're doing there is trying to not have to get caught in the same area where they can go. If we can make the the thing support 8K, probably via checkerboarding or something similar to where it's outputting at 8K, but it's not doing 8K native. Anybody who thinks that this console is going to do 8K native is losing their damn mind. Yeah. 
Can you even buy an AKTV at Best Buy right now? No, they're not. I don't think so. I, they're not. You can you, buy them, but you can't buy them from a normal that's place. That's what I'm talking about. For the yeah. average consumer to find, will they be able to find one? No. So what they're doing is they're, they're hedging their bets here. and kind of just going, well, we're going to future-proof ourselves a little bit. But I think that their aim, their primary aim here, is to make a console that feels like more of a generational leap than we saw last generation. Which is hard With to this do one. from a pretty standpoint, but it's an easy way to do it in terms of speed, in terms of larger denser worlds yeah in terms of smarter ai so things that you notice you yes. know right so it, yeah it will look better i'm sure because launch, it'll be native 4k we can support native 4k I'm, textures and all these well, different and things and i'm sure launch games are going to come out looking like resident or not resident Evil. they did it again red dead redemption 2 with maybe a little bit more attention to detail on them but like when you think about it well i guess i do say that this is this is going into pros probably end of next year so we'll probably end up seeing games that look like better than Red Dead, but you can get an idea. And I've said this before. You can look at Red Dead and get an idea of what next gen will look like. Okay, this is what I say. Uh, the Last of Us, 2013, right? Yes. Versus Killzone Shadowfall, 2013. Vastly different looks. Vastly different looks. Killzone Shadowfall sure. is gorgeous in comparison no, it to is. The Last of Us. And don't worry, Last but, of Us was a looker when it came out. No, and that's it wasn't. just <laughs> not dude, to, no. for, for PS3. The yeah, best dude. part of that was the giraffe area. Well, yeah, but I mean, in general, else... the, that wasn't considered common for consoles, realistically. You have, a lot of times it was like, uh, you know, Halo 4 was a big, I mean, good-looking game for a shooter. Uh, Killzone 3 was a big-looking, yeah. a pretty good-looking game. Obviously, Uncharted 3. Um, but, I mean, these are games, but when you're going into that, The Last of Us at the time was still one of the best-looking console games in a lot of ways. But all I'm doing is comparing what you can see from six months apart just because of a difference in technology. Well, difference in developers. So I would say that you we should expect an even bigger jump from and, and, from. and you're saying six months apart, but Last of Us took how long to develop? Well, yeah, but I mean six parts, uh, six months apart from release. That's what I mean because just because The Last of Us took four years to develop or whatever, three years to develop, Killzone Shadowfall took two years to develop, and Killzone Shadowfall looks better because it's hard to imagine how good games could look past Red Dead. Like well, Red Dead, Red, Red Dead's Dead detailed, a... but is. Dirty looking, if well, that makes sense. Like, like, it, using Red Dead as a pinnacle, like a starting point, and you're get, like basically that is a game saying your aim, your games are only going to get better than this. Sure, and, but I think it would still be. It's like if Red Dead didn't have any of the resolution problems that it's yeah, even even it the Xbox have One X HDR had. anymore, right? It, like, it never had official HDR to begin with. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, I don't think that they've patched it in yet. So. But there are there are times in Red Dead, specifically the landscapes. I'm looking at it and I'm like, that game. Yeah, no, it's pretty. Like, it's pretty. ridiculous looking. Um, Absolutely. Character models and such could use work, but yeah, that that's a game that I had in my head. But I was going to bring a question to the table by the end of the episode. Um, so did you want to? Yeah, we'll go through the, next, the rest of them real quick. So a few other things that I thought were just interesting from the so notable takeaways from the rest of the interview uh, were like we've already talked about backwards compatibility yep. fully with the PS4. That does not mean that PS3, PS2, PS1 cannot come. Might see it, might not. That, though, Either way. I was scared for backwards compatibility after Jim Ryan took over. Yeah, so good good for them. Good good move, right? Next thing up, the system will support the existing PSVR headsets, which I think is a smart move. Yeah, it'd be dumb to not do so. Which also makes sense because you'd be able to bring in all of the PSVR, VR games. We talked about this before with backwards compatibility is that it seems like the biggest use of backwards compatibility in terms of for Sony would be to further... VR because they also nodded at a new headset specifically planned for PS5. I also, but they're not ready to talk about it. But think about that when you're doing a new PSVR headset, right? 
and you're and you're being able to say, well, hey, here's this new one, but that doesn't mean that all these great games that everybody loved on the last one aren't playable to you. They're right. still playable. I do think though that there is a problem with Sony uh, with a fundamental like a fundamental problem when it comes into the, their uh, development for things. They put a lot of gimmicks into things, and it's hard to leave those behind, like touchpads. They are. When, yeah. when you so, make games that are so geared for yeah. them. That's why I, uh, one of the examples like of that. Shadowfall is one of those. Like where like, I think there's only there there are actions in that game you can only do with a touchpad, like the knife. Like the assassinations, right? No, the, the knife was not. It was things like your owl would be the thing that shot over That's your grapple hook. Okay. And you I, could oh, grapple. I'm thinking of Killzone Mercenaries when you would go behind somebody and swipe the screen upward to uh, yes. stab him in the back. Okay. Yes. Yeah, but yeah, the owl. Because I, I do remember very early. I only played two hours of that game, I think. But I remember very yeah, early. Yeah, pretty early on you could Using the owl it. right before you get out to the big outside area. Uh, really pretty area. But um, PS6, whatever, they may ditch the, the touchpad. you got to have a DualShock 4 laying around somewhere to play that game, right? It gets weird. Yeah. That, or they've got to evolve the PS4. Or maybe the new 8-axis, can you can hold X in and move up or something in motion control. Maybe. there's not. It's not to say that there's not ways they can do it, but oh, ease, no, there ease are of ways use. There could do yeah. it. It's just, it would require Gorilla, or not Gorilla. It would require somebody. Uh, yeah, somebody to go back and, and to fix that Yeah, error. but you, you are right. By going towards these gimmicks and then making games that actually utilize them, it makes it that much harder. We saw that with the PS Vita to the PS TV, which was supposed to be a Vita that hooked up to your TV, but every one of the killer PS Vita games couldn't be on it. Couldn't even play on it because it and didn't have a touchpad. That's the thing or, is that if we, ever, if we ever get Vita backwards compatibility, what's the back touchscreen? Yeah, nothing. I guess it has to be the front touchscreen, yeah. but then what's the touchscreen on the Vita? Like, what do you do there? Like, yeah, no, th- it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's, there's problems across the board. But I don't think we'll ever get Vita backwards compatible. It's like, it's like people wanting DS games on the Switch. I can understand how that could work. You'd have to emulate Nintendo, the two screens. Yeah, Nintendo really kind of messed themselves up by doing that because the distance of the two screens is completely different and stuff. So it's just one of those things that goes. Well, have you ever seen a, a DS emulator on phones? Yeah, on, on phones and on computer. It yeah. works well for they're that. Well, they're stacked, yeah. Um, but the... the the switch screen is such an odd shape compared to the DS that I would think it would be weird to stack them because it's not. What'd be wide. interesting is have it to where you turn it sideways. There was it a was... DS game that required you to play it sideways. Like yeah. That. Yeah. So, so what about that game? I think it was brain age. You had to hold it like a book. That's odd. I yeah. can see that though. See, but anyway, cool yeah, you're right though. Gimmicks get into weird stuff for backwards compatibility. So what it really means is that even though every game may be playable, depending on what they do with the consoles and the, the different gimmicks that they do for it, uh, really touch input gimmicks. It means that we're still going to have probably a light since, since the existing VR will work. To, yeah. You have to have, the there light will be a VR. light on the controller still. Uh, that seems about guaranteed at this point. But unless, maybe they'll give you the option to turn it off now. I'll say unless they can sell an accessory or even package it that is a light that you could attach to like but, a hook onto your controller. Yeah, but people would be more mad if they had to do something extra. They, they would just rather it be built in. I, I get your point, though. That's the whole point of that. That's like... Or they could fix it by adding something they don't need. All right, we already talked about 8K graphics. So the last thing that they mentioned was, and I think this is a good point for them, they were asked about how Google and Microsoft were planning for streaming games and what they thought about that. And Cerny noted only that, quote, we are cloud gaming pioneers and our vision should become clear as we head toward launch. End pioneers. quote. He's right, though. He's right, but... That, you know, I, I see a lot of people be able That's, to go mad, but I, like I've said, my own opinion of PS Now being mad has been completely changed. I'm not paying for it because it's still ridiculously priced. I, but, I just want you to play it here one day just so you could be surprised. Well, something about like before calling, you leave, if you want to, if you want to play like a couple do, seconds I'll of Oblivion, I think you'll be surprised. Pioneers, though, is something that like anytime any companies call themselves pioneers, I'm like, I don't like it. It's too cocky. 
but I mean, sometimes it's true. You know, it's true. That just happens to it's be true the, in a lot of cases. That happens to be the problem. Doing that. But yeah, I mean, that's uh, once, like I said before, like streaming games, once it becomes perfect and I don't have to worry about data caps, cool. Don't have to download a game. Yeah. It's all digital. No, definitely. Like, dude, there's, there's no download. There's no waiting. There's absolutely benefits. Game. And what I think, think about this, right? So I just don't think it's, 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 well, applicable now think, in our think, current yeah, life. I'm with you, but think about his think about his sentence, right? Let's just talk a couple of years when the PS5 is out for whatever reason, right? Think about how you can mix PS Now in with existing local hardware, right? You the can. number one thing that you could do is you could say buy a game, right? And if for some reason, whatever it be, say say you bought it physical and you don't want to wait for the full install, well, what happens is because it knows that you have the game, it may be able to tap into the PS Now server, let you stream the game as it checks the DRM on your disc and says he has it, lets you play the beginning was, of the game streamed while it installs, and then eventually when it installs, it says, would you like to switch over to local play, and then let you, you switch over. Do you remember that was a rumor for PS4? Okay, now PS4s was similar, but not quite that. Yeah, it was essentially the same thing, though. Yeah, and it was... A, it was you were going to be able to play a demo of the game via PS yeah, well, Now. No, it, was, it wasn't a demo. It was you would be able to play part of the full game up until yeah. uh, a, a developer set barrier. And they said... Which did happen. There are games that supported it. It happened. It didn't happen as much as I feel like it should have. Well, no, it happened. Because what it would do is it would install parts of the game. So it'd be like, right. well, what, what the developer thinks that when you're buying Call of Duty, you're most likely going to hop into multiplayer first. So, says, so they're going to install the multiplayer side first, and then you can, and then you can hop in on it while it continues to download and install the rest of the which is story mode. And big, it did a, happen. A big catch-22, though, because there are many games that when it's downloading, it says, oh, it's ready to play. And then you can't use half the features. You get in and you do one story mission and you're stopped until it has to download the rest. Yeah. It's cool, but it's not exactly it's not ex- as usable as I want it to be. Now, being able to yeah. stream the game perfectly, instantly. Yeah. It with, does that for you. Yeah. Now, and there was already talk of that whenever they had Gaikai guy come up on there and say, well, with PS Now, you'd be able to play demos or trials of the games. And again, we've seen all that in some form or fashion, but it never got used as much as their early talks made it seem like it was going to be used. It's right. like we got every bit of what they talked about, but not always quite exactly what they talked about. So it was like, well, you got a form of it, or you got some of it, but we never did it as much as what we were hyping it up for. And I guess that ties back into my overarching thing of some of the stuff on this, that we even like you're saying with the SSD drives, is that we have to hold that little bit of a... he. The, okay, the console will have an SSD drive. Will it perform like this? Was this because of specific circumstances? Yeah. Is it because they had it perfectly set up in their thing that they won't be able to match in a mass-produced unit? Is that because of, did they have the games preloaded to kind of utilize this thing? Was the game patched to realize how to use this SSD? There's a lot. Does that work across all games? Yeah, there's a lot of problematic possibilities that can come into play. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things that, like I said earlier, People don't understand the convenience of something like this until they experience it themselves. And then once they experience it, then it is a, it's an experience worth having. Well, I think they're smart to come out and do it this way for one reason specifically. When they did the PS4 thing and they made a big like, – I think that they needed to do that for PS4 because, they, like what I was saying, everybody was talking about phones, right, and what phones were going to do. And I think it's where a couple of those promises that didn't quite end up leading out to what they normally would have came from is them worrying about a, a market that they were worried they were going to be overtaken by phones. So we've got to do things on the console that are going to remind you of things like – 
that phones will do as well, like being able to share your stuff directly to Facebook, which is actually a cool thing. A lot of people actually use that feature. I know you don't, and I really don't much either, but there are a lot of people that Facebook. use the share button. Uh, and even for things... I've, I've used that once or twice, like I, on Twitter specifically, like where it was Absolver once. Sure. Actually, it was only once. It was okay. Absolver once. So, I did something but, really cool in a combo, and I'm like, I want the world to see so that. So they were doing that, right? And I think now what they're having to do, and they're being smarter about it... Which SharePlay doesn't even work anymore. SharePlay? Yeah, like the, the viewing of someone else, like play a game. So many people are having issues with that. that really? Yes. Recently, I guess? Like within the past... I would say six months there. Ryan was one of them that I know personally. And then of course on Reddit, we've seen multiple, I've seen multiple people report this. And the crazy thing is one specific user actually does crash tests. And he basically goes through and he goes, he goes through and he does his internet speed, the time of day, um, everything about it. And he's like, this won't work. And people are actually getting sick of him on the PS4 subreddit because they're like, dude, stop talking to us. Go call Sony. But um, <laughs> yeah, it seems that like a lot of people, cause it's not just him, but it seems like a lot of people are having problems with SharePlay. And Ryan couldn't even do it for a while there, right? Or was that something else? I, I'm not sure. Was it? I, I thought... Depends on what Ryan you're talking about. GT. Okay. He was having SharePlay, and it might have been um, specifically for Twitter, but is that technically the same service? Like, watching someone play a game? As PS Now? No, 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 or no, what? no, no, no. I'm talking about, like, if I, if I jump in to watch you play a game... And then for me to share that gameplay on Twitter, is that the same share play service? Oh, no. I didn't think so. I don't think you're, so. Because you're essentially using the share function for one. Share play share is a play. different thing. Yeah. yeah. But, Ryan, let me know if, if that's what it was. I'm pretty sure you were trying to upload either something to Twitter or you are trying to have somebody watch you play something, and it wouldn't work. So, okay. Ryan will have to let me know about that one. Yeah, but my flip side was I think they're handling this smart because in this particular situation – now the the looming business threat to them is streamed games, but it's not as much of a threat to them because they already have a foot in that race with PlayStation Now, and they are also more dominant in the console thing than they were last time. And we know right, we know now that consoles aren't necessarily going away as quickly as we once thought. So I will, I will say this: this is my opinion, so this is not true. But the same way people said consoles are going away last gen is the same. Reason and message behind people are saying single player games are dead this gen. Yeah, it's doing it's a, nothing to it, it's nothing to, but to generate madness and clicks. Yeah, that's not that's not a thing anybody truly believes. Oh, I do think that people truly believe that cell phones the, had a chance of overcoming. Oh no, now that, but I don't ever think that cons, nobody truly believed that console generations would be dead. I think that they meant dead in the sense of so little in comparison to phones that you might as well call them dead, and it was going to have to force companies to do things differently, which we obviously know that. Companies do things differently throughout their time period anyway, but they weren't forced to do it because of phones. Yeah. Even people, though Sony leaned on that excuse heavy for the Vita. I don't understand how people can look at games like Uncharted 4 and Horizon Zero Dawn, and now coming out Days Gone, we had Spider-Man, we have God of War. How people can look at those games and say, oh, single-player games are going to be dead one day. But yeah, well, you're an idiot. You're, a you're lot of those same people, yeah, a lot of those same people say that PlayStation's the only people doing them, but Bethesda was doing the, them for the, a bit. The thing is, though, is they're getting the reactions out of people by calling them an idiot. They're like, yeah, haha, you you read my article, you gave me a click, I get yeah. that ad revenue. Yeah, Go yeah. ahead and be mad and share that article. It's definitely all, it for all you and your fanboys to to click on and be mad mad at me about they eat it up i was all let's wrap this thing up i got, I got easter question. stuff to do what's your question for the community if i had exactly the amount of money for a ps5 say 500 dollars, and you would be able to get it on launch day with that money you would have to take a money a cent out of your wallet but you could pick 
you can either get the console on launch today with only what we have announced so far uh, of knowledge. You wouldn't know anything else about the console except what we just talked about. Or B, you can get whatever the amount of money the console costs for free. I would just hand you a check for five, for five hundred dollars or five fifty or six hundred. Which one would you pick? Would you pick the console, given the information we know about it, or would you take the cash to buy whatever you want? I'm curious to to know. I actually saw this on Twitter. People, huh? majority of people said cash. So I'm curious to what people, people want that money. Group. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm curious to see what people in our group want to know. Okay, well but good. You don't get the cash instantly. You get the cash upon the day of the PS5 coming out. By the way. I mean, we're we're not you're not really getting the cash. So it's, well, yeah, this is hypothetical. This is, this is all hypothetical. I don't owe anybody a five hundred dollars check. But uh, thank you guys for tuning in to episode one hundred and eight of Triangle Squared, and we will see you guys soon. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Thanks to our patrons, which is now three pillars long. Look at that. Thanks, guys. We have Chad V, Dan Barber, Josh Jarrell, Matthew Green. My name's Dan Douglas Below, Sean Santarude, Eric McAllister. Matt Sycamore, Shadowist, Stephen Salazar, The Stonard, Travis Below, Blake Popst, Eduardo Palomino, Stefan Swanlin, Coy Live, Philip Laguerre, Corey Hickerson, Brian, Donovan Williams, Justin Rowe, and William Digital Spooker. If you would like to support our Patreon, do so by clicking the link below. Thank you. Thank you, guys.